Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it up to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been extremely open about my struggles with severe anxiety, depression, childhood trauma, and therapy has honestly given me the tools to not only get through the everyday, but enjoy everyday. Whether you're coping with trauma, stress, a specific hardship, whatever it may be, you don't need to feel ashamed of normal human struggles because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you because there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You all know I always complain about how expensive therapy is, but BetterHelp therapy is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are working with therapists from home. I mean, what's the harm in trying it? I guarantee BetterHelp's therapists will provide you with a new perspective on your current struggles. BetterHelp has a special offer for Meet My Mess listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash meet my mess. That's better H E L P dot com slash meet my mess. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Good day to all you mess makers and thank you for tuning in every single week to Meet My Mess. Today we have a guest on that inspires many, but especially me. It's Christina DiBiase. Did I say that right? DiBiase. It's really close. Yeah. DiBiase. Okay. Okay. I was trying to get as close as I could to to what was right. She is a fellow redhead. She is a stand-up comic and a writer. And we all know I love to pick the brains of the comics and they're just the most (laughs) fun to hang out with out of everyone we have on the show. So I'm stoked to have you on. I'm excited to be on. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I came across you on Instagram as I come across all of my guests and I saw that you did stand-up. When did you start doing stand-up? I didn't start doing stand-up until this past December. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Wait, what is it? June? Since <laughs> December? Yeah, it's okay. only been like six months. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what what propelled you into being like okay I'm finally at like whatever we're not gonna expose anyone's ages but how (laughs) (laughs) yeah what was what were you finally like okay today is the day that I'm going to hop up on stage and try and make people laugh how did that look so like when I first came out here and I would, I was like meeting people, I would always constantly get like, oh, you should do stand up. And I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> making <laughs> jokes is terrifying. And then throughout the years of being here um, in September, my friend Devin, she's hysterical. She was in Groundling Sunday Company and she invited me to go see a show. And I was like, whoa, I miss theater and comedy so much. 
and I wanted to find a way to kind of get back on stage. And I was like, maybe I should give stand-up a try. I followed a lot of stand-up comedians on Twitter. They gave me some really good advice and like showed me where to go for open mics. And I'm like, okay, let me get, let me see if I can write five minutes. If I can write five minutes, I have to at least try. Mm. And I treated my first open mic because I was very green as a comedian. You're not really supposed to bring a bunch of people to an open mic. Um, (laughs) But I brought all of my friends. (laughs) I treated it like a show. And I got so many laughs and I was like, oh, okay. I really like this. This is, this is where I'm going to start focusing on. And I have not stopped. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So you said you wanted to get back on stage. Where did you start on stage? I started on stage with dancing uh, when I was four years old. Yeah, me too. Oh my God, that's awesome. (laughs) No way. Okay, cool. At four, you said? Yeah, I was a national competitor uh, up until I was 12. And then I stopped. And then 13, I tried out gymnastics just to like keep my body going, but like, I didn't really like it. I don't, I mean, I like it now. Like I wish I would have stuck with it, Um, (laughs) but I missed being on stage because I like the, the audience performance. Ooh, um, I hit my straw. (laughs) Um, It's metal. (laughs) What are you drinking? (laughs) I'm drinking a protein coffee because I just have a workout. (laughs) And it is only noon (laughs) where you are. I know. I'm like, I'm a little insane, (laughs) but only on Saturdays. (laughs) Only on Saturdays. Yeah. So I missed being on stage. So I joined theater in like eighth grade and then did it all throughout high school. I'm like, okay, this will be my college major. Mm -hmm. So I did acting and all of that. And yeah, I've just been performing my entire life. (laughs) That's so many. Yeah. There's people who have never like performed before. They don't understand like the next level feeling that you get being on stage. Like I've never, yeah, it's, you there's just no feeling in this life like really having isn't. the lights on you and hearing the applause and like it's almost like an out-of-body experience right it like totally you totally <laughs> it's so, like every every time I'm in a play I'm like how the hell did I just do all that like, <laughs> I don't remember anything I just did <laughs> it's like my brain shuts off and like another brain clicks on and then yeah. I wake up after I'm like oh we're done we're already <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then you it goes by so fast. No, exactly. I know. It's such an adrenaline rush. It's such an mm-hmm. adrenaline rush being on stage. And so no dark events brought you to stand up. It was just, it was just fun. I would say my dark events are what make my stand up good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, I feel like when you, you don't, it's very rare. You meet a stand up comic that was like, Yeah. I grew up with two parents who had a really happy marriage. They lived in a white, <laughs> behind a white picket fence and I got fed dinner every single night. So right. I, yeah, yeah. You got to have some, some trauma to joke about. Oh, yeah. when it you have to be rough around to... the edges for sure. And Which especially you have to have thick skin too. Oh my goodness. Audiences will eat you alive. <laughs> really? Have you ever yeah. had a situation where you bombed? Like, well, it's what it is. Have you no, bombed that's the right really term. Bad? Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I wouldn't say I've bombed entirely in shows. Like I've had jokes that have missed for sure. And that's always like, okay, you just got to keep pushing through. Cause like, I, I have confidence in my jokes. I'm like, okay, I know they're going to laugh at this. And then they do. And that, that keeps me going, but I've never, knock on wood. Um, I've never had a show that I've completely (laughs) bombed. So I'm like, okay, I'm thankful for, but I've seen it happen. And it's like, it's like a secondhand, not, I don't want to say embarrassment because like, it's bound to happen no matter where mm-hmm. you go. You can't control the audience's humor. If their hum- if your humor isn't for them, then it just isn't for them. It was just not the right audience for you. Um, but it, you, you get that feeling. It, it feels like when you're watching someone bomb, it feels like you're bombing. Yeah. I really just like can't imagine the feeling because yeah like I've dabbled with the idea of starting stand-up and oh gosh like that that (laughs) thought scares me but I would say that means you're pretty good if you've never had a situation where you've had a full-on show as bomb because even in the you hear the like the top comics in the world they've all been in that situation so Mm -hmm. you're probably you're doing pretty good. (laughs) I mean, I've definitely like not gotten laughs at open mics before, but I don't think you can't really bomb at an open mic, depending on the open mic. Some open mics, you definitely can bomb because some open mics have an audience. You can only bomb if there's an audience. (laughs) If your audience is just comedians, you're fine. They've probably just heard your joke like 20 times and it doesn't. And your friends are going to be clapping, screaming. Exactly. Yeah. exactly no no (laughs) when you told your friends you were gonna start stand-up were they supportive were they like okay like we'll see how this goes they had (laughs) no confidence in me they were like really because like (laughs) I am the quietest person in every friend group like I'm the one that sits back and listens and so when they hear me wanting to do stand-up they're like you talking that doesn't happen but I also have such a quiet voice that I have, I have I'm more confident with a microphone because I know people can hear me. So I'm not like <laughs> stuttering and like overthinking, like, am I speaking too loud? Am I speaking too quiet? Like what's going on? I know they can hear me perfectly when I'm doing stand-up. So they were very, everyone in my life was like, what? Yeah. And like, but hey, I, I, I like showed them. I'm like, I got this. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And you are doing it. And- <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things that like when something means a lot to you, it's hard to tell your tell your loved ones that you're gonna start something, and it's scary on its own. So obviously, you had their they they had they they were supportive of you. No oh matter, yes, definitely. No matter yeah. what, but yeah, it was the same thing with me and podcasting. I told my friends, they're like, yeah, like you're funny, like <laughs> that'll that'll be good. But all of them were like, oh, it, it'll be a little hobby, you know. So. <laughs> It's like, no, this is just working up to be full-time. Yeah, hopefully, eventually, we're going (laughs) to get there one day. Oh, yes, (laughs) it is a journey. And how about your your parents? How do they feel about you doing stand-up? My mom was supportive, but she wants me to be a famous actress. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want to be famous. Um, I want to be successful. Okay. Don't want to be, I don't think I could handle a swarm of people coming up to me and just like, if I'm like having one of those like messy days and I'm like, I don't want to do shit to my hair or my face. I just want to like 
get my groceries and get home. Like if I have yeah. a swarm of people around me and be like, I'm going to have a panic attack. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm overstimulated, please go away. Um, <laughs> so I want to be like successful with a private life. I got you. And I think yeah. it's possible to do both. It's hard, but it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely possible, especially in this business. So if you could like map out your ideal, how the rest of your life would go, how would it look? <laughs> Let's see. I would book more comedy clubs. Okay. And then from that, I could earn enough money to film a sketch show that I want to work on with a bunch of my friends, get that produced, and then have that elevate me to getting like booked on comedy TV shows or movies. And then eventually make, cause I, I do want to be an actress still, Yeah, yeah but yeah, I just, okay. I, I cover myself under the umbrella term comedian. Cause I do all things funny, like whether it's TV, theater, movies, stand up, writing. I mean, writing comes last on that list of what I would like to do, but like I would still be, I don't want writing to be my main focus at all, unless it's for stand up, of course. Um, but yeah, I just want to be a fun comedian and I want to be able to like the big, big dream is to have my own production company where I can hire all my friends. We can create everything that we want to create under our terms instead of these big studios and like following their marketing rules and all of that. We make our own rules. Like I like the the indie (laughs) side. It's kind of like what um, Adam Sandler did with his production company. He just works with all of his friends and you can tell in their movies that even if the movies are not that good, you can (laughs) tell that they're having so much fun and they do have some, they do have a lot of really good movies. I'm not like bashing Adam Sandler. I love Adam Sandler. Who doesn't? Um, (laughs) Right. I'm like, I'm concerned if you don't. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's like my childhood. But yeah. Everyone's. Yeah. (laughs) So are most of your friends in entertainment too then? Mm-hmm. literally pretty much everyone like really? 98% yeah okay so were they all these all friends that you made once you moved to LA some of them uh are from college we went to school at Academy of Art in San Francisco and then okay. we slowly all made our way down here and then other friends uh mostly just from comedy yeah okay yeah. that's good it's it's interesting to hear that because I have the complete opposite life like I I have one one of my good friends is in entertainment but other than that everyone's like small town Canada like those are all (laughs) my friends so when they tell them that I'm wanting to work in entertainment they think that it's just it's like so far out of the realm of like what you do in small town Canada that they're Mm -hmm. it's like all very crazy to them so that must be really nice (laughs) that you have friends that you can work with and support you for that and all that not to say my friends don't but no of course not (laughs) (laughs) so I notice a lot of your comedy is about dating (laughs) are you single I'm very single very single okay yes. okay how long have you been <laughs> single for uh well technically I was in a pandemic relationship but that was only for like three months so like I don't know okay. if that counts mm-hmm. um yeah. so counts if you wanted to exactly I don't want it to it was just a, it was a fling a fling of okay. a relationship yeah nothing it was serious. it was dark times it was dark times it, it really take was what you could get <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so tech I've actually been like I've been single since 2017. Okay. 
Was yeah, it's been a very long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's like what, three, five years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your focus is really work then, I'm guessing. Yes. I mean, yeah. I've been like with people in between those years, but like nothing mm-hmm. serious. Okay. So what's your type? If you could build, build a man or woman, what would they be? Uh, I'm really attracted to Middle Eastern men. Okay. I have a joke about this too. <laughs> really? Can you tell yeah. me a little bit of it? It's like one of the classic thing of just like, tell me a joke. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I'm attracted to Middle Eastern men. I think it's like an opposite to attract thing because they're from the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest and they're from the Mid-East. There you go. I like messed that up in the middle, but like- <laughs> No, but I got it. it. I got it. <laughs> That's so true. No, honestly, Middle Eastern men are so underrated. And I think that you are genius for picking Middle Eastern men over dudes from England or something like that, because that's what everyone wants. But like, if you pick up a Middle Eastern man, I didn't know. I didn't know this, that Middle Eastern men were so attractive, but gorgeous. They're so my guy friend we were here and because I'm living in Croatia right now um yeah it's really fun but um my friend from London was visiting and he brought his Turkish friend and he was telling me he's like I think you're really gonna like find him attractive and all this and he like showed me photos like no and then he showed up in real life and I was my draw was on the floor like just like tall tan oh my god so Mm -hmm. sexy they're the definition of tall dark and handsome and do you guys have a lot of middle eastern people in the united states we do okay oh i think i mean in la at least yeah i never i don't think i knew too many when i was living back in ohio uh or san francisco um definitely in la okay cool Mm -hmm. yeah we're a big melting pot here we have every country (laughs) Yeah, well, everyone wants to live the American dream, just like right. just There's like you. So many of us here. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing where I'm from in Vancouver, though. Like everyone's always saying, like to me while I'm traveling, they're always saying, like, "Oh, there's a lot of English people in Canada. There's a lot of Syrian people in Canada." I'm like, "Yeah, there's a lot of everyone in Canada. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're only 150 years old. It's yeah." <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, do you have like a standout terrible dating story? Ooh, I'm sure I do. Wait, a stand-up terrible? No, stand out. Like it's been like oh, a stand ter- out, stand out. Like terrible dating story. Oh gosh. Um yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And this okay. Was, yeah, I had to like which one do I want to talk about? No, uh so many so, just running through my head. <laughs> oh right. This one was actually a second date. So like with my boundaries, my first date, if I'm meeting them on a dating app is coffee for a first date only. Like I will not go out drinking with someone that I just met. That's terrifying. Um, so, oh yes, I have so many dating (laughs) boundaries and I think everyone needs to have the same boundaries to keep themselves safe. Oh yeah. I'm a, (laughs) (laughs) okay. We're going to get into this, but tell me about the date first. So it was my second date with this guy and we were supposed to go to this one bar, but they were closed for some reason. And I, we had both Ubered there and he gets there late, uh, not too, too late, but I'm just like standing How outside. Late? Yeah. And then, so he's so mad that this bar is closed. And I'm like, it's fine. We're in Hollywood. 
there are so many other bars that we can go to. And then, so we go to this one place called mama shelter. They have like a rooftop. It's, it's really fun. And I had just done my first open mic and I was like still living off the high on that. And so, uh, I, we were like watching my standup and I had like a few dick jokes in there. Um, <laughs> as, you, as one does. As, as one does. Cause yeah. you know, females, we got to balance it out. Uh, I just called this females, I'm sorry. It really does. <laughs> it really does. I know. <laughs> and he was just like talking after we were watching it. He was like, yeah, you know, I don't think you can make too many jokes about a vagina. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You can make so many jokes about, but like, I can't like remember exactly what he said, but I was just so like blown away that he said that I'm like, really? Like, and then the whole date was just so bad. And there was an open mic going on at mama shelter while this was all happening. I ended up going to that open mic like later in the months. It was such a great okay. mic to go to. That is a mic you can bomb at. There is an audience there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we're just like sitting there. I have no idea how to be reacting. Cause like, I don't want to be, I, I, I hate confrontation. Like I will try so hard to keep the peace, even if I'm having a bad time. So I'll just I'm not, I'm not like giving him like excited energy. I'm just like, Yep. <laughs> and I see one of my friends walking by. She sees me and she instantly knows it's a bad date. I stand up to hug her. She's like, can I steal you away for a second? Give you some breathing time. I'm like, yes, please. Thank you. I'm like, I'm going to go meet one of her friends. I'll be right back. And I'm just like, thank you for getting me out of that. And then I eventually like go back because I didn't want to be like super rude or anything. Yeah. And we go to get the bill. And the he's this man is having a horrible time because the waiter fucked up the the bill and gave our bill to someone else and gave us someone else's bill who had a much more expensive bill and he okay. was very confused and so we had to like deal with all that all while just being so awkward with each other and then we go downstairs wait until after they get like everything situated. And we're sitting at the bar waiting for our, I'm waiting for my Uber. And he's like, so like, I can't really read you. Do you want to like go on another date? (laughs) And me being the very unconfrontational person that I am. And I was like, I I was like, can I think about it? (laughs) Which is just an obvious no. (laughs) Two days. You have to think that hard. I don't think so. Like you really threw me off with like, yeah, you can't make jokes about vaginas. Vaginas aren't funny. I'm like, how many vaginas have you been around? Vaginas are the funniest thing out there. You know, like they they literally self-clean themselves. Like, can your dick do that? I don't think so. No. You gotta do it yourself. And guess what? You don't. (laughs) God. Well, thank God you never had to find out, huh? I know. Uh, I can't imagine it would have been good. Damn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've always wondered what it would be like to date in LA because I feel like it would just be like a whole host of weirdos. Oh my God. It's the worst. It's so bad. And how many guys do you meet that just like tell you that they 
are really really big into entertainment and they've never really they're just getting started never really done anything is that a common occurrence honestly I haven't really I don't think I've been on that many dates of with people that were also in the industry really okay I, th- is I think it your I've goal? only sorry go on oh no no go ahead I was gonna say is it your goal to not date someone in the industry it depends on what they do in the industry. So if they're like a gaffer or something, I have yeah. no problems with that. But if they're like a producer or a talent agent, I kind of avoid that okay. because I don't want mixed signals to get across. Like I don't want them to think that I'm only on this date with them because I think it will advance my career. And on yeah. the opposite side, I don't want them to think that if I do end up sleeping with them, that they're going to expect something or like it makes things awkward in the casting room I just kind of like want to avoid that entire situation altogether um but I mean if I end up being with someone you know, it happens, that's it happens. In, yeah because like I yeah. I know with my intention I'm doing it just because I want to have sex with this person <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that is a, an okay yeah. intention to have with someone that could potentially enhance your career but that's not why I'm doing it I'm just even if they don't you I'm, know good dicks good yeah dick. exactly I don't care if they do or don't like I just want to <laughs> yeah. fuck <laughs> yeah I'm busy working once exactly. I'm famous then we'll worry about us yeah <laughs> yeah I'm the same boat I'm in the same boat it's weird though when all your friends are getting married and all that and you're you know that's, yeah. that's the boat I'm in right now so <laughs> My best friend has a seven-year-old now. I think she's about to be seven. Seven? I think, yeah. Is it seven? Yeah, 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 seven. She's seven. going to be seven and like, oh my God, in a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. Remember when we were like 16 and you would talk to your best friends, but we're going to have babies at the exact same time. We're going to be moms together. Our husbands are going to be best friends and like the life, life really. It's so yeah. funny because like with me and my best friend back home, we always thought it was going to be the opposite. Oh, like she oh, thought that I, yeah. I probably would have gotten pregnant first or married first, but no, it was her. It was her. And I'm, I love her. She's, I, she's my rock. I love that. Mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, life kind of puts people on different paths. Okay. I need to go back to these boundaries. Yes. Um, coffee dates only on the first yes. day. I think this is smart. Mm-hmm. Very, very smart. Yeah. How do people re- respond to this idea? Majority of the time, surprisingly, people are okay with it. Yeah. Some other people like to push that boundary and they're like, oh, yes. but I'm free tonight. And I'm like, that sucks because yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. So is this just a safety thing? 100%. Yeah. Because like you, it's your, I can't see anyone really getting roofied at a coffee date if you have your coffee with the lid and the straw in your own hands the entire time sitting across a table there's no loud music that you have to talk over to get to know each other you can like really feel out each other's vibe and see if it's something that you want to pursue um and you get to know the person I mean if that it it, it all depends on your intentions for dating like if you just want to go out and hook up do that be safe Mm -hmm. but do you do that I don't like meeting someone and then hooking up with them right away have I done it yes 
but of course <laughs> the vibes were there. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yes, I'm not perfect, yeah. but uh, majority of the time I feel way more comfortable just going out for coffee and like, you don't have to eat in front of each other. I'm so weird about eating in front of people. And then like trying to get to know each other while you're just like constantly chewing on food. I'm like, that doesn't, you can have eat together off after your like fourth or fifth date when you don't have to be constantly asking each other questions. Like, Once their dick's been in your mouth, then sushi can also exactly. go in the mouth. <laughs> exactly okay no coffee only no Mm -hmm. eating until date like five okay what else what other boundaries what are some other good boundaries that you think I should invoke I don't give them my phone number until I've met them in person you can only talk to me either through the app or through Instagram wait okay so what's the reasoning behind this one I'm fascinated about this one I feel like someone having your phone number now is so personal. Like you can, I mean, I know you can block people, like you can block numbers now, but I don't, I just don't want them to have it. Like, unless I like you, you can, you're not going to get my number. (laughs) Cause like that, that's like direct contact with me. Cause like with Instagram, you can send me a DM and I'll read it whenever, but like you can continuously blow up my phone through yeah, a text okay. message or you can be calling me you can be facetiming me I don't yeah. want that Do I guess not technically they that. could be tracking you anything like yes. that you know like yeah. if they're really good with their computers okay I kind of mm-hmm. like this because it's also kind of like you know like that's a a cherry on top that you get you mm-hmm. know you got to keep them wanting yeah. more even if it's mm-hmm. little things like my phone number like, you're not gonna get my phone number and yeah <laughs> I kind of like that okay Thank you. okay okay I mean, that's something mm-hmm. to think about see I always have the opposite idea where I'm like okay like I'm not gonna go on a date with you until you like FaceTime me or Snapchat <laughs> me or like send mm-hmm. me something that like I can tell that you're a real life yeah individual I mean I definitely I definitely want to like see their Instagram and social media before I go out on a date with them. And then I have done like FaceTime dates, but like I've done it through apps. Okay. I've done it. Like, I think I've done it over Instagram and I think Bumble has, um, that option too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause the at home dates were happening, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is something to think about. I'm rethinking my whole, you know, you're making me feel like I got really low standards. Oh no. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Never too late to raise them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's not too late. It's not too late. That is so funny. Okay. Copy dates, no phone number. Anything else? Oh gosh, I'm sure there is. I feel like I have a list. <laughs> I know. I know I, I could write an essay on more. this. I really could. I, honest, I should. I should. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think those are my main ones. The big yes. ones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Interesting. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. what my boundaries are. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to go into like an enclosed area with you on our first date. Yeah. Like, no. No way. This guy I was talking to, like, he's. I was really stoked to see him, and he like this is just like today, this is why I'm bringing this up. And he was like, oh, like you can come over and have coffee. You can come over and have tea. Like we can go for a drive to here. And I'm like, bro, like, why are you trying to get me encapsulated? You know, like it's a little bit, it's a little bit alarming for girls. And yeah. I don't think guys realize that like, 
-hmm. even if it is just because you just want to have sex like it's a little scary for us you know in a car with you yeah seriously <laughs> that's so funny mm-hmm. okay I got a little segment I want to do with you I'm getting a oh, yay. timer I've never gotten on this call before so if for some reason that I block out I'll call you right back but uh um, okay it sounds good <laughs> I've never seen this timer before but anyways this segment's called messy or marvelous and basically mm-hmm. I'm gonna give give a couple topics and you're going to tell me if you think that they are messy or marvelous mm-hmm. and why. Okay. Uh, yeah. okay. So dating apps, messy or marvelous? Messy. messy. Very messy. Why? Everyone has so many different intentions and no one is saying what their intentions are. So fucking true. <laughs> Even me. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost like a death sentence to say these days that you want a relationship. It really is because they're like, oh no, never mind. Scary, bye. Yeah, commitment. <laughs> Don't <Absolutely> know her. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, seriously, it's scary. Okay, country music. I'm interested to see what you have to say. Hmm. Yeah, marvelous. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not the biggest country music fan. Okay. But people are, and they love it, and they enjoy it. Do bad things happen at country music festivals yes but bad things happen at all festivals bad things happen at country music festivals. oh just like people getting like too wasted or like on too many drugs and just like starting fights with each other yeah classic classic. that's every festival isn't it yeah yeah, seriously (laughs) too much beer too much jesus (laughs) (laughs) way too much jesus way too much brainwashed people seriously drinking the kool-aid right (laughs) (laughs) okay manifestation messy or marvelous marvelous as fuck yeah so good yes but you have to know how to do it right I manifest by talking to myself in the mirror and I don't say I I say you because I'm talking to myself at the mirror so like I'll be like you are funny. The world is so excited to meet you. Things like that. Or like, I, you are happy. You are, um, you're confident, stuff like that. Okay. Do you find that that really like helps your confidence? Oh, I literally like started doing stand up right after and had the best time of my life. Oh my God. Yeah. And I 100% to leave. I had a huge pep talk with myself in the mirror, like looking at yourself in your eyes and like really talking to yourself you will cry. You will. And it's going to feel so it's going to be uncomfortable, but like it needs to happen because it's like you're talking to yourself outside of your body and you're like, Hey, you need to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being your own best friend. It's not crazy though, that like we are the, we spend the most time with obviously ourselves, but like the idea like of like looking myself in the mirror and talking to myself is like, absolutely just terrifying you know what's gonna come out what's gonna come Mm -hmm. up like oh my god that's the worst fear but like it's so worth it okay so worth it when did you start kind of getting into this whole idea that manifestation might help you career-wise and in your own lifestyle and things like that Mm, I think I started dabbling in manifestation Mm -hmm. in like 2018 maybe Okay. But like, I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. It was, it really wasn't until the end of last year where I really felt like it was working. 
And that's okay. when I started talking to myself in the mirror. And like, cause I also like have a obnoxiously clean diet and just drinking so much water when I can, if it's either water or coffee, whatever my body's craving that day. That's so good to hear because I've been really try- kind of lately, something I've been really into is just like how your mind and your body are so heavily connected. And mm-hmm. I just like got to a point that I was like, I'm just like feeling like shit all the time. <laughs> Anyways, got, uh, got a little lost for a second, you know, <laughs> technical issues that's what happens when you produce your own podcast Um, (laughs) but we were talking about how your body and your mind is just like so heavily intertwined so I'm curious to hear about this clean diet you have is that for own personal reasons health issues what's up with that uh definitely health issues I have so lucky of me I have IBS (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know. And I'm like one of the only people that I know that has IBS that actually like does something about it Mm -hmm. because when I eat foods that trigger it, my body is in so much pain and I just like the bloating is awful. It is so bad. And it's, I I look so pregnant when I'm bloated, like not even an exaggeration. I was at an open mic one night and I was talking about it while I was super bloated. And I like turned to the side and like posed as if I were pregnant and I was like, oh shit, you might be pregnant. And I'm like, it's just food. (laughs) (laughs) Just haven't, haven't released in like four days. That's all that. It's so bad. Um, and like, I don't eat red meat or white meat, but I'm not vegan. I'm pescatarian. Uh, but my protein powder that I use is a chicken bone broth. So I don't, it's like a loose pescatarian. Um, and I eat egg whites. I don't eat the yolks just because I think those upset my stomach too, but I'm good with the egg whites and I don't eat legumes or beans. I don't really eat vegetables anymore because they're full of FODMAPs and my intestines FODMAPs. are FODMAPs. What are, it's like, what are these? it's a, it's a type of sugar and that's what uh, triggers the IBS is FODMAPs. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what do you eat? Mm-hmm. Fruit and <laughs> I honestly don't even eat that much fruit. I could, I could probably eat a little bit more fruit. Um, but I eat a ton of cod. I love cod and salmon, uh, sweet potatoes, but in very, very small portions. Um, I have these like gluten-free ivory teff tortilla wraps that I'll just like make a little wrap. It's delicious. It's so good. Um, it falls apart very easily, but you take what you can get. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, like rice, I can have white rice or brown rice. Uh, it doesn't really matter. And yeah, good for you. That's pretty much all I eat. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. You'll probably feel like gold all the time. (laughs) You would think so. (laughs) And I've had to start taking iron supplements because I was lacking in iron very much, but that's, I've been feeling much more energized since I've been doing that. So that's good. Is the way I eat for everyone? No. Yeah. No, it's, it took a very long time for me to get this way. Like five years. Yeah. Over five years. It's, it's not easy, but I do treat myself. Sometimes I'll say, fuck it. And I'll have, there's this place called dear Bella's creamery. I order from them all the time. They have these (laughs) ice cream sandwiches and it's the best vegan cookies and cream ice cream I have 
ever had, but I'm pretty sure that there's a pea protein in the ice cream and I cannot have peas. Um, and so that, that'll really make me look pregnant, but it's delicious. And on a hot summer night, it's really hard to resist. <laughs> like I, really to, want, you know, I want my cookies and cream. <laughs> have to every once in a while, you know, as long yeah. as you've got nothing planned later, you know, the blow. Right. Sometimes I overindulge. I have it four times a week, but hey, we all have those weeks. <laughs> right? I go insane at the gym the week after, and I'm yeah. like, I gotta work this off. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you guys in LA have like a whole new level of healthy eating that I think oh, yes. we do in you know, the rest <laughs> of the whole world. <laughs> right. I don't even know if my way of eating is healthy. I think it's insane. It's just necessary. Yeah. For it's just functioning. for my body to not hurt yeah yeah I know yeah it's interesting uh because apparently it's something like only like one in five people are actually able to tolerate lactose they just like feel like shit all the time and I'm starting yeah to I'm like I think I might be that way because like yeah my mm-hmm. bloating has been I guess it's always been bad but then I like realized I was like Okay, like my stomach probably shouldn't be like rock solid. Yes. 24 exactly. seven. Mm-hmm. No, like I shouldn't push on it and feel like I have a whole baby in there when I've only yeah. had like, yeah, a piece mm-hmm. of toast today, you know? So, so I don't know how big soy is in Europe. Yeah. You're in Europe, right? Yes. Okay, I it's failed geography. No. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the smartest. Not very big um, here. <laughs> but soy is a evil little fucking devil to have in food. And so, and at least in America, soy is in everything. Really? It's in everything. It's in mints. It's like well, there's no need to have soy oil in mints and like all the restaurants they use soybean oil and I can soybean oil is one of my biggest triggers like I can't have tofu because of it like soy is so bad for me yeah well it fucks your hormones as well as your body so exactly and like I tell people all the time just like (laughs) no I, I tell people all the time just take soy out for from your diet for like two weeks just see how you feel if you don't feel anything different go back to eating it but if you see a difference take note of it and figure it out act accordingly Mm -hmm. wild okay well it's good to know I was hoping to have someone come on and talk about the importance of diet and you know who knew I would have it with a comic yeah Okay, back to the game. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, messy or marvelous, bean ginger. Bean ginger, that sounds messy as fuck for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's never been. Everyone's like, oh, redheads are so hot. They're freaks. I'm like, yeah, but you don't realize that we got like bullied our whole fucking lives. You said bean ginger. I thought you said like bean ginger bean ginger you're like I don't know what that is exactly I'm like <laughs> like I can't have beans that sounds messy for no being ginger yeah I think that's marvelous okay. I I've never been happier having red hair really like I've it's my one year anniversary of this color <laughs> is coming up in a few weeks in my life I just feel like it dramatically changed. Like I, so I'm going to get a little astrology here. Um, My my Midhaven is in Leo. 
And like stand up, I wanted to go red for so many years, but I was so afraid to do it. Like, even though I already had that natural red in my hair, I was like, oh, but if I make it like permanent, like, how am I going to feel about that? It was the best decision I ever made in my life. And Midhaven is like about your career and everything, like what you're, uh, what you should do, I guess. I don't know. I might be saying that wrong, but it's in Leo and Leos are performers and love to be in the spotlight. And I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like once I dyed my hair red, I had so much confidence, like so much. And it brought out the warmth in my skin because I have a neutral undertone. So like, I look tanner. I mean, like I'm wearing self tanner right now, but like I had color back in my skin and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love it so much. I'm, I'm obsessed with my hair. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Marvelous as fuck. (laughs) It took me years to love my red hair. Like it was because I like grew up like with like you can't really tell right now because my hair is wet but like it's like very similar to your hair color and mm-hmm. um yeah like I went through the whole like getting like kick a ginger yeah no kids were not nice about me being a ginger at all so oh. like starts crying no um <laughs> up until um I was yeah probably like 20 19 maybe 20 I didn't realize and then all of a sudden everyone always told me they're like yeah I know it's hard being a redhead now but like one day like all of the guys are going to start to want redheads and it's going to be really great for you and I didn't believe mm-hmm. it and then yeah and they everyone was oh, yeah. like, once I turned right? like 20 everyone's like oh like maybe I shouldn't have just like bullied this redhead Shall we right like, uh, yeah. bullies. But no, no it was fine it gave me thick skin you know gave oh, me yeah. a sense of humor mm-hmm. as, as being bullied does so very true <laughs> very like bullying sucks but in a way kind of needed you know I think it, it can get really extreme doesn't have yeah. to get that extreme no. but it teaches I, you I think that like a little like a little trauma is always a little bit useful in yeah. life, you know like it doesn't it, be severe just like yeah. called out once or twice or mm-hmm. you know like yeah and like, I think in a way if you can if you can shift your perspective to it it can teach you how to be compassionate yeah for sure because you're like I don't want I don't like it when it happens to me. Why would I do it to someone else? Like I follow my golden rule is treat everyone like you want to be treated. That's good. And it blows my mind that other people don't do that. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're being an asshole for no reason. So embarrassing to be an asshole. Like I'm yeah. I know. Being out with people who are rude is literally the most just... comfortable thing for me. <laughs> yeah. I get yeah. So oh God. Okay. <laughs> final question this is not part of the game anymore the game is done okay okay (laughs) um, this is the question that I ask all of my guests um Mm -hmm. what would you say out of your whole lifespan what was your messiest moment oof (laughs) my last relationship really okay yep the one that I got out of in 2017 the one during the pan no obviously not during the pandemic like, no yeah before the pandemic yeah okay how long were you guys together for officially two years okay unofficially six. Oh. Okay. yeah messy already yeah, yeah okay um so what what happened summarizing uh foundation extremely rocky yeah. uh 
when we first met, I had a boyfriend, then me and my boyfriend broke up and then he ended up having a girlfriend. Um, that didn't stop us. Like I was the other woman for a while, which I'm not proud of. Yeah. Um, just want to get that out of the way. I'm not, I'm not just like <laughs> promoting cheating. No, yeah, I, d- I think no, it's no. don't do that. No, <laughs> been there too. And then, right. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> cheating is a triangle. There is someone being cheated on. There's someone that's doing the cheating and then there's the other woman. And I've been all three, if yeah. I'm being totally honest. So I, I think I have a good perspective on cheating. Like I understand why it happens. I understand that people just cheat because they're fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes people are feeling neglected and they end up searching for it in other places. And it all depends on intention. Intention is so important. But to the relationship, um, extremely toxic, like extremely, um, a lot of mental abuse, a lot of gaslighting, just, I could compare it to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, honestly. Like that level, hey? Mm -hmm. I mean, not to the extremes of like all the things that they had access to, but in my tiny little dorm room, oh, I, I fought. Like not like that type of fighting, but I, I didn't back down essentially. And I would, it's, it's complicated to talk about because especially with Amber Heard, so many people see her as the villain, but I just see someone that's been extremely traumatized that fought back. And drop this up. (laughs) Oh, thank you. It's like honestly, it's been on my chest for so long because I'm just like, how are people not like America, at least America, um is so used to seeing victims be so sad and like they're not used to people fighting back in abusive relationships. They just see it as mutual abuse and like who was more abusive. And it's like whoever started the abuse is the abuser. Mm. And then I hate using the word victim because we're, we're fighters, you know, like we don't just take it. There's, there's always that mental fight going on and it's, it's extremely hard to get out of those situations. And I remember when the opportunity was, so with me and my ex, when we broke up, we were still living together in the same bedroom. And then we signed a lease together after that. And then we moved into another apartment together after that. Yeah. Rent in LA is insane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I use that as my excuse, but I was still very much attached to him. Yeah. And I remember I got the opportunity to move out and he didn't think I was going to say yes. And when I said yes, his face changed. He did not think I was going to say yes. And I was like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Cause like when I argue, like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm exactly like Amber Heard, but when I argue with someone and I'm fighting with them, I would never say anything to them just to make them feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like if any, I'm just going to say what happened. I'm not going to call you names. I mean, I might call you a dick if you're being a dick, Yeah, but I just remember he, one argument, he was at the top of the stairs and I was in my bedroom on the first floor and it's a screaming fight. And then he changes his volume. He's like, you're such a bitch. And then goes into his room and slams the door. And that was the moment where I was like, 
okay, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready. That's all I needed to hear. I'm like, if you think I'm a bitch because uh, just so much happened in that relationship that uh, I'm so thankful for therapy. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like I'm not in it anymore, but he was the one that was like, you need to go to fucking therapy. You're crazy. You need to get a handle of your emotions, which I did need to get a handle of my emotions. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but there's better ways to tell someone yeah. <laughs> that they need that. Mm-hmm. And going to therapy, she opened my mind and made me realize, oh, I'm being abused and manipulated as fuck. So like it's his own karma that this all happened and that I got out and I escaped. I say that I escaped because it feels great to not have him in my life anymore. Yeah. But it's also been extremely hard to get into a relationship because of it. Yeah. No, I totally, totally get where you're coming from. And I appreciate you, you sharing all of that. And when you're in a relationship that's so toxic like that, like it's, you really do get addicted to like the level Mm -hmm. of, I don't know what drug it is in your brain. Yeah. But you think it's serotonin. No, it's dopamine. dopamine. It's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, what made it easier is that we, I put up a boundary and I was like, we can't cuddle anymore. Cause like, we were still like, even though we were broken up and living together, like we were still cuddling. We were still kissing. Sometimes we were still basically acting like we were in a relationship. We just weren't but living together (laughs) yeah and like once I cut off the physical contact I I was like going through withdrawal essentially like I had to wean myself off of him and then that's why I was able to finally get out I wasn't what's the right word I wasn't going to him as a source of dopamine anymore and I was finding it in myself instead. That sounds so corny, (laughs) just like focusing on myself. Yeah, it's true. And those kinds of relationships, there's just one day that things just like escalate to the point that there's just no, there's no possible way you can defend, even if you can't defend it before, but like defend to yourself why you're sitting and putting up with things like this. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Like my biggest challenge was forgiving myself for staying because like there was so many times in that relationship that I was like, I don't love him anymore. Like, why am I still here? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't bring myself to leave him, even though I knew it was also like a fear of abandonment. Like I'm going to be alone mm-hmm. once I leave him and I don't want to be alone. And I don't want to have to deal with all the emotions, honestly, that come from a relationship yeah. like this. Cause you know, those kinds of breakups, like, <laughs> There, that it takes years of work to get over mm-hmm. a relationship like that and to move on and to trust. And like, sometimes people never do, you know? And yeah, it's really just, hard. Yeah. You just, it doesn't help when like you finally get to know someone and then you open up and like, Hey, this is why I might be struggling a little bit. Yeah. And then you tell them all these things about your abusive ex-boyfriend. They're like, I don't know. It sounds like you still kind of love him. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I've gotten that before too. Like, 
I'm yeah. like, just because I am opening up to you about what happened to me doesn't mean I'm still hanging on to this. I'm healing from it. Yeah. I just want you to be aware so you can understand me a little bit better. Act accordingly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. this is for you to not take my outbursts so personally. It's just me experiencing emotions that I haven't figured out how to control yet. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not about you. It's about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, it's hard to understand sometimes, which, which I, I get. Yeah. Not everyone's equipped to handle me. (laughs) Unfortunately not. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. They're tough. Relationships are tough. And then like, I just, I look at these girls that like get into new relationships and they don't bring people like they don't they get from one relationship to the next and like well like well where did your baggage go like because right it's been like three years since my last relationship and it's still, <laughs> it's still around so yeah, yeah I don't get it but. I definitely used to be that girl that would jump from relationship yeah. to relationship and so I can just say that I ignored all my baggage yeah. and I was like it doesn't exist out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. yeah but it catches up to you you're like oh I'm surrounded by luggage yeah. <laughs> like I need to I need to unpack I got home four years ago yeah, <laughs> oh god that's so funny okay Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much. I, I feel like a felt like a therapy session. <laughs> That's always my goal. Yes. Um, this is my, I had like someone do a podcast review and they're like, this girl acts like she's in therapy on her podcast. I'm like, <laughs> kind of am. Kind of is. Yeah, kind of is. And if, um, me work, if me working out my thoughts helps someone else, great exactly and you know you meet so many Mm -hmm. relatable people and people are it's like very rare you have conversations like this with like people in the streets about like their deepest darkest traumas the first time you meet so yeah 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 (laughs) um you got any shows coming up do you have anywhere people can find your stand-up things like that yes so um if you're in LA I am typically at haha ha comedy club every sunday at 7 p.m um i'm al- i'm always posting links on my instagram uh so you can always get tickets there um sometimes they're free not all the time but sometimes um and i have another show coming up july 15th uh, i don't have all the details for that i just know i got booked on it <laughs> yes, I love it. and then uh yeah my com all my comedy is on uh instagram tiktok and twitter and what are your Instagram, TikToks, and Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so weird having to, because I always have to like write it out because uh, on all of them across the board, it's, oh, it's Christina. Yes. Um, but so it's O-H-I-T-S, yeah. Christina, but with two A's. Okay. And then the only one that has the underscore after the two A's is on Instagram. Okay. And I feel like that is such a complicated way to explain it, but <laughs> I haven't found a simpler solution. Okay. I'll tell you a simpler solution. I'll put it all in the show notes so that oh, amazing. they want to find you, <laughs> they can. Um, cool. Thank you so much for doing this with me. And everyone make sure you follow the podcast it makes my yes. life and especially your all, all of your lives a little bit better so thank you very <laughs> much and thank you Christina I hope we get to meet in person one day <laughs> oh that'd be so much fun come to a show 
I will. I'll bring you back. I absolutely <laughs> will be there. Thank you. Thank